Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. I'm Chris. And here we are again, Skyping it in, cross state lines. And um, I have to say that uh, when we used to get together to do Dopey, you know, every three weeks, I would say, we should do Skype episodes because they'll be great. But now we've done three Skype episodes in a row because of, you know... Different circumstances. The is first week. Thir- is this the third one in a row? I think it might be the fourth one in a row. Holy shit. Uh, but I think they've been really good, actually. Yeah, I think they've been. Well, the last one you thought was terrible, but the response was so good. Or you listened to it and you liked it. But when we recorded it, you didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was. Uh, yeah, I thought I didn't think it was great. And then I listened to it and I thought it was actually pretty good. We got a good response from it. The problem was the other Skype episodes we did I was in Boston. You were in New York with that high-grade, super-fast Wi-Fi. Now I'm in the boonies, and you're in the boonies, and I just I feel like it's they're not going to hear us. No, I think it's fine. There's no lag. There's no problem. Yeah. Did you do a test? Uh, no, I'm just shooting from the hip. No test. What do you got? But you got stuff to do. You got like direction to take this. The show? Yeah. I got tons of stuff. Are you kidding me? I had spent the hours on the train taking notes. Well, I was thinking before we get into like what you want to do, we should actually, because we mentioned in the previous episodes, we should discuss uh, some of the feedback that we got. Okay. I mean, there's other stuff I wanted to say about the Skyping process, but sure, we could get back to that later. Well, you can start talking, I mean, if you want, because I actually want to read one specific uh, comment. Okay. Do you know the comment? Uh, How could I possibly? How could I possibly know? So this is from two episodes ago. If you guys remember, Dave and I had a lengthy conversation about which would be preferable um, if you had to choose either anal sex or oral sex, being you know taking it in the rear or giving another man a blowjob until he came in your mouth. And I made David. Pick one of those. And it's funny, actually. At dinner tonight, I recounted that to a group of people, and I brought the same question to everybody. (laughs) This is your new party game. (laughs) Would you you prefer to be raped anally or give head until they come? And And there was four guys there and one woman, and every one of the guys uh, picked the the rape. And uh, you picked the butt rape. And you you picked the blowjob. Well, I'm sure... I just think that the guys you hang out with are probably these gym tan laundry guys who think it would be more pleasant to get raped. Says the dude living in Long Island, gym tan laundry. Like the, the Long Island in Jersey is like that's gym tan laundry land. Listen, I don't know why you're even opening it up. Like in uh, it doesn't matter where gym tan laundry land is. I could be the the, the the last person in the biggest Guido fucking meat market on the face of the earth, and I'm still not a gym tan laundry guy. I could be fucking in the strip in front of a laundromat next to a gym getting a tan and not be a gym tan laundry <laughs> guy. It's not possible. <laughs> if you if you went to the gym every day. And the laundromat and started tanning, you wouldn't be a gym tan laundry. No, it's impossible. <laughs> so I can handle that. I, I can also handle my choice. You know, I can handle my choice because, like, I don't know. I, I mean, and also that wasn't the point of bringing this up. The point of bringing this up is that you offended people. What was the, rea- the reaction? Oh, yeah, was- no, first of all, the reaction was extremely positive, and including um, our some of our long-term 
gay listeners. They thought it was really funny and they chimed in and stuff. Um, but this one guy wrote, God, there's fucking mosquitoes in here. This one guy wrote, um, Canada is, well, you also bash Canadians, remember? Well, for a long time. And he wrote, Canada is a big country, guys, and homophobia is weird. Dopey is now pretty much unlistenable. I have to consider this podcast part of my recovery. I don't want to believe you're out of material, but if you are, find something other than discussing some shit you know nothing about, getting famous people on the show, and alienating your listeners. Is he saying that he does? Wait, hold on. Is he saying he doesn't want famous people on the show, or is he saying we he's should saying start he focusing? Doesn't. He doesn't. Is he saying we should start focusing on getting more famous people? No, on the he's show? saying stop focusing on that. What? Fam- We've never even had one famous. I mean, who's a f- Dr. Drew is the closest thing to a famous person. Nick Reiner, so famous. Who's famous? Modi. Modi. We. I write a list. I, I try to get people to come on the show, and I have to write a list of the famous people <laughs> that come on the show. And it's like nobody's heard of one of them. And I know who this guy is. This is fucking Carney from Canada. Wait, now, wait, wait, hold on. Let me finish this continue. thing before you. It's before so you. annoying. Okay. Uh, blah 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 blah. If you guys are too busy to do the uh, podcast with diligence, wrap yeah. it up. If you decide to keep it going in its current vapid state, no more weird sex shit. You have no right to talk about. No more weird xenophobic bashing. If you're unsure about the episode, throw it out. You're okay with throwing them out to protect yourselves. Now put your empathetic practice into effect, my dudes. My dudes. That's him trying to be friendly at the end of his fucking message. You notice that? I did notice that. And then I wrote, hey, man. I'm sorry. I like you, and I hope you (laughs) like me too because I like you, so you'll like me. Love me. Love me. More or less. More or less. That's what I said. Write it. Write it to him. Read read me what you wrote back. Hey, man. I'm sorry if it came out that way. We definitely don't want to alienate anyone, and neither are we homophobic slash dislike Canadians. We were just being stupid. We're just stupid. We're not Canadian haters or homophobes. We're just idiots. Yes. Everybody loves idiot. It's like this. What do you remember about Carneef? I remember we got a voice memo from him, right? Or an email. A couple, right? I think we got both. What I remember, and this is, this is you know, I, I think one of my weaknesses, like I've got a lot of weaknesses, a lot of uh, character defects, we could call them, but this isn't one of them. This is just an actual personal weakness where I have a terrible memory. I don't fucking remember anything, but what I remember, I remember two things about Carneef. Yeah. One thing I remember is that we played his voicemail on the episode that Annie was on. Oh, we did? What was that yes. voicemail? Oh, it, that was the medical one? Yeah. Oh, it was? I liked that one. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Number two, he, he sent in a song, uh, a techno song, as a dopey theme song that didn't mention dopey or anything. It was just a fucking techno song. Yeah. You know? Those are the two things I remember about Carney. I love that voice. Yeah, it, was the, it was like the, the, the doctor. It was like Dr. White <laughs> yeah. who had the white bread or something like that. Uh-huh. Gold. Which? His lung kept collapsing. That guy. Yeah, I don't remember it. Yeah. But um but I'm gonna say this. Read me read me his, his criti- criticism again, please. The whole thing? Uh, just give me the bullets. Canadia is a big country, guys, and home Canadia? Canadia Canada is a big country, guys. And homophobia is weird. It is weird. It, Are it's we homophobic? Weird. I'm not homophobic. 
Listen, I just want to say this. I'm going to say this to Carnive. Number one, no, you're not homophobic. I mean, you put me down to say because I'd rather give head than get raped. Why should you judge me for that? It's a I weird just thing. Find it's an interesting choice that you made. Oh, what? What? what let's, let's let's really unpack this thing before I blast Carnif because I'm going to. Yeah. Um, let's let's unpack this for a second. Why do you think it's interesting that I would rather be some headmaster than some uh, rapey? Because I just like to think that, like, you know, just bending it over and taking it, it's just some sort of pain, you know, and it's just like you could just close your eyes and it's just some unpleasant, painful experience. Whereas giving head, it's like you gotta really put effort in. You gotta work at it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I didn't really consider this. Thing. You know, I just figured like because I can come so easily, I just figured <laughs> that like yeah, I figured I could just get it done. And I also figured like if the cock, my asshole isn't that big, you know. And what if the cock is? And all the, the pain. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not, not a fan. Theory, I'm yeah. not a fan of pain. And I figured the guy would come quickly and I would be done with it, you know? (laughs) But I mean, having considered that it could take a long time and then I have this guy's dick in my mouth, you know, you could be right. Maybe the pain, maybe the pain is better. You know, I don't like the question. You know, my instinct is to make the guy come in my mouth. I have to be honest. That's my instinct. You know, what's funny though, is it's like if we had the same conversation with a gay man or a lesbian um, about well, that's isn't going to want either. About no, but how unpalpable it is to um, have carnal. Is that relations. a word? <laughs> unpalpable. Unpalpable. What does unpalpable that, mean? That, that, Please no, no, tell. No, no. Hold on, let me finish my train of thought. To have relations. I don't understand unpalpable. What does it mean? Unpalpable is like um, not unable to be. I think it's actually taste, but you. It's not just used in that way. It's like un. Um, it's impalpable, unable to be. You no, know, it's touch. You can't feel it by touch. What? Um, impalpable is like unable to be felt by touch. What the fuck? Unable to be felt by touch? Yes. What does that mean? You can't feel it. You can't, you know what I mean? There's no you sense. can't feel anything. There's yeah. no sensation. Yeah. That's impalpable. Yeah. Okay, so get back to your thought. My thought was if we had uh, a gay man or a lesbian woman and we posed the same question about hooking up with somebody that, you know, having relations with somebody that they wouldn't want to have sex with, would it be as, um, what would be less pleasant? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they would, would they care as much? You're saying that if, well, first of all, revulsion be the same. Take the lesbian off the table. Why? Because the because the lesbians revolution uh, we're will be get what ourselves in some really deep water here. Oh no, the Canadian homosexuals are going to get upset. <laughs> oh my god, what are we going to do, Carnif? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Listen, number one, I'm, well, you wanted to talk about this. Okay, you yeah, wanted to rush this to the table. We're going to talk about. I, this. I, when we're done with this, uh, we have a five minute gay voice memo to play from a gay listener who loves our show. Just. That'll hammer home. Make me what are you better. worried about? I don't know. What to tell them? Talk to me. I'm worried that there's going to be some random person out there that doesn't like me. Well, there's one not random person right here that doesn't like you. That's not true. Anyway, listen. Just listen. Yeah. Why would you put lesbians in the mix? They have nothing to do with dick. Them giving head or getting raped would be terrible for them. A gay man is a whole other story because a gay man 
a gay man who bottoms and tops, you know, who takes it in the rear and gives head, whatever. But I don't even know what bottoms and tops means. But a gay man who has a lot of intimacy with penis, it's going to be different than a lesbian. Because yeah, a lesbian doesn't that. have doesn't have a have a, a relationship with dick. Yeah. No, I so get a le- that. You're I kind thinking. of like lesbian. I wasn't thinking. Because we don't we only have relationships with our own dicks. Yeah, I wasn't thinking. As heterosexual men who don't suck cock or fuck men's asses or get fucked in the ass, it's like we're lesbians because we don't have anything to do with cock. Okay? Yeah. Now, you were saying a gay man you were making a point. I just wanted to take lesbians out of your point. I don't remember what my point is. You lost me, but I, I get what you're saying. What am I saying? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I, don't saying. I, don't e- I don't even know what you're saying. Why did, why did you want to talk about this? <laughs> I don't even know, man. Let's just play the voice memo. No, we're not playing the voice memo. I haven't even blasted Carneef yet. <laughs> Go blast Carneef. Carneef, I want to, read me more of his criticism of the verse. He says... Dopey is now pretty much unlistenable. Are you okay, but stop, stop for a second. Carneef, if Dopey is unlistenable, stop fucking listening. We don't need you, you fucking dick. <laughs> I don't want to hear your fucking political correct hate mail on my fucking podcast Facebook shit. All right? <laughs> We're done with you. Stop listening. I'm That's like, it. I'm very nervous of what his reaction is going to be to this. What? I think he's going to get upset. That's fine. No, he shouldn't listen. It's unlistenable. He want, What does he want us to talk about? We have a fun fucking show where we talk about what we want and we're upsetting the great Carneve up in Canada, whatever the fuck he's doing. <laughs> the fuck is his problem? It's like we have a stupid – let's, let's, let's fucking take it all on the table. We have a stupid show about what we think about being in recovery because we're both heroin addicts in recovery. Yeah. OK? That's our show. We, t- we have a nice laugh. You and me hang out. People listen. It's fun. Goodbye. Hello. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Welcome to Dopey. That's it. Yeah. We don't have a fucking platform. You know what I mean? We're not homophobes. Well, my, that's my problem, though, is I, as I think despite everything you said, part of being in recovery, and I don't even think it's just recovery. These are recovery principles, but even just who we are at our core, probably you know, before we started using and when we were using are people who aren't xenophobic who aren't homophobic and stuff so to even read that it still took me back a little bit and i'm okay like, well okay i, I hear you i, I feel like he, i feel like somebody who listens to us a lot maybe if they tuned in for a second they'd be like oh my god but somebody who has the gestalt the larger picture of i think it's us, called gestalt. Gestalt. gestalt somebody yeah. who has the larger picture i i'd yes. be surprised if that was their conclusion well i remember I think it was on, you know, some episode where I said something about if you went to another country and you wanted to work in a restaurant, the only word you'd have to know how to say in the language was faggot. You know, I, I had said that and oh, I yeah. thought I was, yeah, and I thought I was being whimsical and funny. And then gay dopey member number one, Brian Chang, is like, what the fuck, Dave? You're a fucking homophobe and a dick. Why would you talk like that? And I was like... That's that's too bad. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, Brian. And I don't want to hurt any gay's feelings. And I don't want to hurt Carneef's feelings to unpack it all. Yeah. Listen, Carneef, I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And anybody in the dopey nation who, who feels like we're homophobic or we're insensitive, 
We're not homophobic. We are insensitive. We try to do a comedy show where we can say whatever we want. We're stupid sometimes, and we don't want to be really measured with everything we say or the show would suck. Yeah. We'd have some stupid fucking show that sucked. What would you rather, that we had some tepid fucking show that sucked or we offended you sometimes once yeah. in a while? We don't offend them very often. You know what <laughs> I learned? You know, you know what I learned from a comedian the other day? Tell me. That it's only fair to punch up. Punch up. What does that mean? It means you can't punch down because if you if you if you talk about um, a group of people that has been victimized, um, like the gays, like the, yeah, like 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 homosexuals or something like that, ever that it can be received really poorly. That you only can punch above your social status, basically, to people who have are in greater power than you. Yeah, but that's politically correct. Political, political correctness also. You know what I mean? It's like it's like I don't – I'm unbound by such convention. No rules. I, no, I'm serious. It's like – listen. It's like I don't want to take shots at anybody. You know, I don't – I mean my dad said – my father, my sweet, sweet father said that um, – yes, I sounded like an asshole and um, that I was very mean to the Canadian – it wasn't even Carneve, was it? Who was I talking? Oh, it was, no, it was that guy. The voice memo, yeah. Yeah. And I was very mean. But the truth was that voice memo was stupid and the guy sounded retarded. So I like took him apart a little bit because it was fun, you know? No. It's like what is the point of us having a show if we don't get to do that once in a while? And we can't always punch up. Sometimes you got to punch down. You can't <laughs> always punch up. It's like annoying. I think the best is just when we punch each other though. Well, you try – it's interesting because you tried to punch me implying that I was gay, punching down and being homophobic at the same time. You mean I was punching across and down? Yeah, you're punching like diagonally down at me and it hurts. <laughs> Here, play the gay voicemail. Let's get a palate cleanser going. Yeah, 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 palate cleanser. Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon, Chris. This is Alejandro speaking to you from the Dallas area on a hot Memorial Day. So I've been a long-time listener, and I often interact with you guys on Instagram and Twitter under the handle Queer Death Drive. And I always told myself that if, if I ever got 90 days clean, I would submit a voicemail. So here I am today, 91 days clean, and I figured it's time to add my voice to Dopey Nation canon. All right. So my story takes place on July 30th, 2017. I had been using for a while. Uh, I had been up for like four days on meth. And I was, I had spent the entire night on these webcam rooms called Zoom rooms. Back in the, the gayest dopey episode, uh, the, your guests explain what these are. They're basically rooms where like gay men on meth interact with other men on meth uh, using webcams. It's very hedonistic and um, indulgent. So I had been doing this all night, and I had met this guy who was also in the Dallas area through this room, Um, and he wanted to meet up with me, right? So before I could meet up with him, though, I had to go down to the SCI clinic to pick up the results of some tests I took earlier in the month. So we devise a plan. I will go to the clinic, pick up my test results, and he'll meet me there and bring me back home, and then we'll party, right? 
So I take an Uber to the clinic, get there just in time, of course, because I'm running late as, as always because I'm on meth. Um, and my results show that not only do I have syphilis, uh, I also have hepatitis C, right? So they give me my penicillin shot right there. And they tell me that, it, that I need to start finding a doctor to treat my hepatitis C. And of course, you know, instead of just going home and reflecting about how I got to where I am now and why my life is the way it is, I decide that since the guy's already outside waiting for me, I might as well, you know, keep looking for drugs and keep looking for dick. So I meet the guy outside my apartment, outside the clinic, and he takes me back to my apartment. And he's a nice guy, you know, married, works at a good job. Um, and he, like, he's, he, he's coming across really hot, really sexy. You know, I'm looking forward to it. We get to my apartment, and I take a shower, and he's waiting in my bedroom. And then when I get out of the shower, he has two syringes with um, meth and water. And he shoots me up with one. I get really fucked up, feel, feels really good. And then instead of doing his on himself, he decide, we decide to cut the tip off with a, with a pair of scissors and he shoots it up my ass. It's called a booty bump. So, you know, I'm really hot and heavy. Things are about to get started. And the shadows start moving in my perception. You know, the good old shadow people. But... They seemed a little more intense this time. It's, you know, I've been up for like four days. The meth was hitting me really strongly. And somehow this insane story comes to my head and it becomes true. This is not just regular shadow people. I decided to name this shadow person the Exhumed. And the Exhumed, I do not know where I got this from, but I just know that the Exhumed is actually a shadow demon created from the remains of his dead daughter, which he has scattered across my apartment while I was in the shower. This is some crazy shit, right? So, of course, I am freaking out because there's this shadow person in the room and it's going to hurt me. Um, And I think that if I hurt him or get rid of him somehow... It will go away, right? So I reach for the baseball bat that is next to my bed. You might be wondering why I keep a baseball bat by my bed. That's a whole other story. But I reach for the baseball bat by my bed, and I tell him to get the fuck out, right? So, you know, I it's a very tense moment. He's getting dressed quickly, you know, calling me names because I'm you know, having a... A med psychosis, but of course I think he's an evil wizard thing that has cast his dead daughter on me, so I don't really give a shit. And I run him out of my apartment. No, he's barely dressed. I get him out of there. But of course the exhumed is still there because I am still having a panic attack. So I just tear through my apartment like a hurricane. I am just ripping things up, looking for the remains of his dead daughter, collecting things that seem out of place. Like I tore the lining from this jacket. I tore my bicycle seat up. I tore. I looked through some, some boots and my shoe rack and found some stuff that was there. I don't know what was in why these 
remain like leftover debris was in my shoe but i thought it was the remains of his daughter all this random shit in my apartment that was completely unrelated were all of a sudden this man's daughter's ashes so i get it all together put it in a bag um and take the bag out and of course since i think he still might be lurking outside waiting to hurt me i walk out with the trash with my baseball bat and i get rid of all the stuff and then, of course, I am obviously still panicking because I'm still having a med psychosis. So I spend the rest of the day, you know, sweating, scared, not able to stay still. I have penicillin running through me. So, like, I am probably getting hit by that really intensely as well. I was just a mess. My apartment was a mess. I was a mess. That man was sending me angry texts being like, what kind of fag keeps a baseball bat by their bed? This one, it seems. Um, and it was bad. It was just bad. And the very next week, I walked into my first NA meeting. Um, it wasn't... It's weird, because this, gr- this whole group that I now go to wasn't there earlier in the year when I was looking for 12-step meetings. And suddenly, it was just down the street, less than a mile from my apartment, where I could go by, reach it by, by, by bicycle. Um, and now... Now, after some recovery, I know that that is, was my higher power, putting this gr- home group close to me so I could get the help that I needed. And it, that was not the last time I used. I obviously only have, this was like more than nine months ago, and I only have 91 days clean right now, so I've used again since. But that's just a story I wanted to tell because it was pretty wild and it happened to me. And yeah, I'm glad that's not my life anymore, and I'm glad I'm doing better now. Anyway, I hope you guys like it, and I hope I get featured in your episode but i understand if i don't i keep up to go to work you guys do an amazing job and i love your podcast and dave you should be a little bit nicer to chris and that's all stay strong dopey nation toodles i have a lot of thoughts about that but I'm still stuck on Carneef saying our show is unlistenable. It's like he's gonna he's gonna write us a message saying that our show is unlistenable. It's like why is he listening if it's unlistenable? Just answer me that. Seriously, just before we delve into this, just an- you why play is this list- beautiful voice memo and you're still hung up on Carneef? Uh, anyway, I'll tell you this: that voice memo was so good. It was so good. It was so good on so many levels. Number one, as a homophobic show about recovery, we have a lot of gay stuff on our show. You know, we've had countless gay guests, countless gay stories. And for whatever reason, gay stories are so dopey. They're so dopey. Remember the guy, the gay guy, your friend on who fell four stories off the cruise ship? Yeah, Todd. Gay Todd. That was amazing. Yeah. Or Brian, you know, Brian had all those gay stories, like uh, where he got stabbed outside of the massage parlor. Oh yeah, it was insane. Um, but but the like, I love this voice memo. This Alejandro queer death drive. He's constantly berating me on Twitter and telling me I should be nicer to you. And uh, I see, I, I don't even know what goes on on Twitter. I never even look at Twitter ever. It's very little. It's very little. It's just mostly Twitter is me like a blind man with a beggar's cup rattling the cup at Artie. That's, that's our Twitter presence. Um, but let's talk about this voicemail for a second. My favorite thing about it, like I, I like everything about it, but my favorite thing about it is it's like you have this guy 
you know, Alejandro preparing for uh, very wild sex to the point where, like, he's ha- you know, he's with some with the a, a married guy, right? Who's yeah. cheating with him, and he has he gets shot up. It might and not even gonna- be cheating. It might be like uh, permissible. Who knows? Maybe yeah. we don't know. Uh, and then he's gonna have his booty bump. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. And I was like, oh, he's got his booty bump. And I was like, what a what a dumb phrase for sexy It's turkey-basting. Turkey-basting. I've never heard booty fun. bump until the voice memo. Yeah, I know. I think it's funny that your turkey-based is his booty bump. But either way, it's this seductive, meth-in-the-ass, pre-sex ritual. But what it does, it, it, it it's like you have this thing where you're like, I'm cool and I'm booty bumping, like this dumb fucking phrase for doing drugs yeah. and, and like paint and like having fun. And then all of a sudden it goes to the darkest <laughs> psychosis you could ever imagine where the, the man's dead daughter's ashes are spread. He's like, I'm about to have my booty bump. And the next thing I know, the, the dead ashes are all over the living room and I'm going to kill this guy guy so that the shadow people don't come and get me yeah. you know I, i'm very lucky that i never had shadow people i always assumed shadow people were like people lurking in the distance not like ashes in the apartment that were going to rise and kill me yeah you know but either way it's so dopey because it tells it's like the idiot drug addict who's like going to get his booty bum and then the suffering drug addict who's gone completely psychosis, pseudo schizophrenic, <laughs> ready to kill the person he's about to make sweet love to. So that's why I love that voicemail so much. And I think, uh, you know, I think it's interesting when people uh, tell me to be nicer to you. Like I find that to be interesting, but, um, well, Thank you know you what was that. funny about uh, Queer Death Drive was, and this was something else we were going to talk about, is Dave, I had been slacking on my Twitter posts, uh, my Twitter, my Instagram posts, and Dave was like, I hadn't posted in like three or four days, which is rare for me. So Dave texts me, he's like, you got to post something to Instagram. And so I, you know, I look at perusing around and, and this Queer Death Drive guy, Alejandro, had had messaged us. So I looked at his page and they're all like kind of uh, recovery-centric sort of posts. And so I find what I think is the best one, you know, and I, and I there was like three or four really good ones in there, and it's this one of Jesus. <laughs> it says, "My higher power," like when I relapse or something, and then it says like it's like an angry Jesus, and it says forgiveness ends. And I thought it was so funny, and I posted it, and Dave was like. What the fuck is that post? <laughs> this is the worst post you've ever posted. And it was really interesting because we just got to see this huge disparity between the way we perceive things. Well, no, the funny – this is the funny thing. It's like we had just put an episode out, one of the good ones. You know when we were like, what's going on? Do you want to pause? Yeah, hold on one second. Let's take it. So um, we had just we, – we had a little run there recently where we had those those two – the episodes we recorded in the house. You remember we had those two good episodes? Yeah. And my father, my father was up helping me unpack or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and he was like, oh, Dave, the show is really sounding very funny. It's really very good. Blah, 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 blah. And then we're sitting there. We're, we're going to pick up my daughter uh, at her friend's house and we're sitting in the car. And my dad is like, you know, these phones are so addictive to everybody, kids, adults, senior citizens. It doesn't matter. My dad turns on the phone and he starts looking at uh, Facebook 
and he and, and then I see him scrolling and I see him looking at a picture of Jesus and he says to me he says David what is this and I said I don't know and he goes did Chris post this and I said <laughs> I said I don't know what is it and he showed it to me and it said it said what did it say when you're higher power what did it say it says something like um, uh, when my higher power's opinion of me. Uh, it says something like my higher power's opinion of me when he um, when I relapse or something like that. Yeah, and I was he was like he goes, is Chris religious? And I said, I don't know. I said, let me look at that. And I look at it, and it's this very handsome Jesus. But he's you angry. Know, he, he's angry. But you can't really tell he's angry. And I said, I, I said, I said, Dad. I said, I said, what is this? And my dad said, I don't know. He said, I think Jesus is angry at Chris. And I said, I said, is that what it says? And then I, and then I go to look at Instagram and nobody likes it. And I'm just like, I'm like, what the fuck are you no, doing? We got like 60 likes on it. No, we got like 45. You know, maybe now, maybe now we have 70, but it was like, trust me, the ratio like, is well, not. But that's the difference. That's the difference because you're Jewish. You didn't grow up with Catholic guilt. The Catholic guilt, fire and brimstone. It's like, if you're bad and you're naughty, Jesus will punish you. And so like, that's the joke. And it's like, if you didn't grow up with that, it wouldn't make any sense. Well, it's funny because Jewish guilt is so much different than Catholic guilt. Yeah. Jewish guilt, you just sort of like, you don't think you're you're going to get punished because you're already being punished. Yeah. You know, you punish yourself, yeah. you know, and, and your mother punishes you. Yeah. That's Jewish guilt. And certainly Jesus isn't going to come into the picture and you don't have to go to hell or anything. Yeah. You know, it's different. It's so weird. The, the difference between Jewish and Catholic guilt, you know, I would love to explore that. Yeah. What's going on with your, um, with your, uh, what is that thing? The paper, you know, your thesis about, uh, what is it about? My dissertation. Yeah. What are you going to do it about? You know, you don't care. Why do you, you hate that shit. I would never have asked if I wasn't interested. I mentioned in the Dr. Drew, so I'm doing something on the intersection of attachment theory and substance use disorder. Oh, you're still sticking with that? I'm sticking with that. I think you should do it about guilt. Or homophobia. Homophobia. Oh, we had a good uh, email today. Did you read that email? Which one? From Tina? No, it was from... Um, from Rachel? No, it was about... It was a, an article in CNN. Man arrested after calling police to have his drugs tested. Police received many calls for assistance, but this one was quite unusual. Douglas Kelly, 49, from Hawthorne, Florida, called the Putnam County Sheriff's Office on Tuesday, police said, asking them to test the drugs he bought a week earlier because he wanted to press charges against the person who sold them to him. Kelly's public defender did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Police said Kelly told them he had a bad reaction after he smoked what he believed to be meth and thought he was sold another illegal substance. In an effort to ensure the quality of the drug the, suspe the suspect purchased, detectives told Kelly if he came to the sheriff's office, they could test a narcotic he purchased. The Putnam County Sheriff's Office wrote on Facebook. Kelly drove down to the police station, handed over the clear crystallized substance for office offices to test, and tests showed it was meth, according to the Facebook post. He was arrested and charged and booked into the Putnam County Jail. So what is, what is the gist of that story? You don't get it? The guy called the cops 
because he thought somebody sold him something other than meth. But it turned out it was actually meth. And they were like, well, if you come bring it to the police station, we'll let you know. And he brought it to the police station, and it was meth. And they arrested him. Yeah, it's a sad story. Yeah. I have some notes that I would like to, to cover that I forgot about that we didn't cover. I need to amend a bunch of stuff. Like what? First, well, personal stuff. The first thing I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I had. Look at all these notes. I have tons of notes. But I'm going to start with this because, uh, because I'm upset that I didn't do this, okay? Okay. A few episodes ago, I told a story about my mother-in-law stealing my cookie. Remember the story? Yeah, somebody commented on it. Yeah, Christina. No, no, but, somebody uh, else commented on it. I know from out here. What did they say? Something about a Levian cookie or something? Levian cookie? I don't know. Stupid. Do you know what that is? No. no. But I saw that comment. I yeah. didn't know what that meant. Um, the, the point is, though, I'm an ungrateful piece of shit. Why? This woman bought us a home. They bought us this house. She takes care of us all the time. She's constantly doing good. And you're good. flipping out about a half a cookie. Well, I'm just an ungrateful bastard. And, like, I just want to let the world know that that – that uh, my mother-in-law is very generous. Well, are you and, continuing uh, to take uh, personal inventory and promptly admitting when you're wrong? Is that what you're doing right now? I mean, that's a, a take on it. I just know <laughs> that when um, I just know that when I listened to it, I thought it was a funny story, but I felt guilty because I didn't really, I didn't give my mother-in-law the props she deserved, and I don't want to like, put, I don't want to be an ungrateful fucking ingrate on the show, even yeah. though. I'm dick on the show and a homophobe and a racist and all this other stuff i don't want to be completely ungrateful and then in the last episode i said how linda you know isn't good at taking care of me when i'm sick and stuff and like i didn't think that that wasn't necessarily called for either and now linda doesn't listen to the show and her mother doesn't listen to the show but i just want to be cool a little bit cool out there you know what i'm wow, saying Wow, you're really backpedaling yeah, but same with Carnif. Carnif, please keep listening to the show. Because if you don't listen, I don't know what I'm going to do. See, Catholic guilt would be like, God, I said all this bad stuff and Jesus is going to punish me for this bad stuff I said about my wife and my mother-in-law. And I need to recognize What about Carnif? <laughs> yeah, and Carnif, everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what, but no, but I'm doing the 12-step thing. I'm promptly admitting my... Um, you know, intense step. Yeah. No, but it's part of 12-step work. Hmm. I'm promptly admitting my transgression. Hmm. What do you think? It's good. Where were you selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid? Where wasn't I? You know who I saw today who I ran into on the street? Who? You're not going to know who this is. Fred Armisen. It you know who's familiar. Fred? He was on Saturday Night Live, and he, did, he does Portlandia. <laughs> First thing I okay. thought was... Uh, Ugh, I don't even want to say what I thought. What do you think? I thought the <laughs> the person on the moon was Neil the, Armstrong. I don't know how I got there for some reason. I think Neil Armstrong's sober. I don't know. Anyways, continue. I've had a lot of brushes. Oh with wait, so is, is this the dude? This is the dude from Portlandia, the yeah. star. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that guy. He was in. I watch um, the Last Man on Earth, and he was just in a couple episodes of it. So I was uh, I was walking down the street, and I saw this woman and this guy, and the they look like people I know. 
And I was like, and I was, and I stare at people, you know what I mean? I'm crazy. I just stare at everybody and they like turn and I'm walking past them and they're like turning their heads to look at me and I just turn my head to look at them and I'm just like staring at them and I'm thinking, did they go to high school with me? And I said, I said, Hey man, why are you looking at me? And he goes, I'm not looking at you, dude. I'm looking at Fred Armisen, man. And I was like, (laughs) what? And then I look up and Fred Armisen is walking in front of me. Now, between you and me, I've never seen anything with Fred Armisen. I never saw Portlandia. It's all right. It's not bad. It's not my kind of show. It's like, uh, I don't even know how to describe the type of humor. I understand the type of humor. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah. But um, but I did. But uh, I did watch him on Saturday Night Live. I thought he was funny on Saturday Night Live. And uh, so then I'm like, "Fuck it, man! I'm going to get a story out of this. I'm not going to let this not nothing happen." Yeah. So um, so I start I, I start walking a little bit faster, and I'm watching like people kind of recognize him, you know, and I'm like kind of behind him. Yeah. And uh, and then he like gets to the corner and uh, and he's like waiting to cross. So I get up to him and I I go into my wallet and I shuffle around my dopey cards yeah. and and I take out three dopey cards and I said uh, and I and he stops at the corner and I went hey man and he went oh hello and I went this is my I go my name's Dave this is my podcast and he goes oh cool I said <laughs> I said yeah. It's about drugs and addiction and dumb shit. And he goes, oh, that's interesting. I said, yeah. I said, I'm a heroin addict. And I do it with a guy I met in rehab. No, you and didn't he, say all this shit. I did. I did. Yeah. And he said, he said, he said, oh, that sounds very good. And I said, I said, yeah, about 10,000 people listen every week. We help a lot of people. <laughs> no, you I did. God I did. And he says, um, and he says, oh, but that would be good if just 10 people listened. And I said, we want a lot more listeners. And he said, why? And I said, well, the opioid pandemic is running wild. Wait, he and said we, that or you said oh, that? I said oh, okay. that. I said, oh, we could be very useful to some people. And he said, he said, oh, well, that's cool. And I said, you know who I really want to listen to the show? And he goes, who? And I said, Artie Lang. I said, I think I'm going to really start stalking him. And he said, oh. <laughs> Why are you saying all this to him? I don't know. Yeah. And he said, he, said, he said, oh, I said, I said, I think we could really help Artie Lang. He said, he said, some people just can't be helped, man. That's what and he said. I said. Yeah. And I said, you're right, Fred Armisen. I said, but we want his full name. I said, you're right, Fred Armisen. I said, but what we need to do is we want to make sure we want to try to make Artie not go to jail. And he was like, maybe that's what he needs, Dave. And I said, thanks, Fred. Have a nice night. And he said, you too, man. He said, maybe that's what he needs. I think I I don't know. Not I don't know if any of that story is true. Did you really talk to him? I never, I never, I don't even know who Fred Armisen is. No, I did. <laughs> that story's totally true. Yeah. That's like 90% truth. Isn't that funny? That's insane. Oh my God. And he said he'll totally check out Dopey. Do you um, think he actually will? Definitely not. I don't know why people say it. They yeah. just say, yeah, that's cool, man, whatever. Um, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you two more famous people's stories. You ready? What are you doing? Nothing. Continue. Okay. 
famous person number two story, which is I just need to, to get this off my chest. I'm obsessed with Artie Lang. It's it's a real yeah, problem. You don't have to really – I mean we all know. It's a problem. Yeah. Like when I was sick last week, I drank NyQuil, right? Yeah. And I dreamt that uh, I was going to like a tennis club, but it was also an AA meeting and Artie was there. And I went to go talk to him and Artie left. So I like went fr- freaked out to go find Artie and I ran like left and then I ran right. And then I saw somebody like with his hair, but then he turned around and it was a woman. And I was like, fuck, that's <laughs> not Artie. And then, and then I woke up and I'm like crazy. Like you have to understand, I used to have access to Artie. I had his number. I knew where he would be at yeah, work and yes. he would tell me he was coming on the show. Now I tweet at him like a deranged lunatic, and it's got me really upset. I'm praying that he's going to like a tweet or retweet something. I think about him all day. I look for his tweets on Twitter all day. I'm sick. I'm a sick person. It's like it's sickness. And um, so you know what I'm going to do? What? I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Hoboken. You're going to stalk him. Yeah, I'm going to get sicker. I'm going to wind up killing him is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to buy a gun just to make sure that nobody hurts me when I'm in Hoboken. Mm. And let's just hope nothing happens to Artie. Artie, oh if you're God. listening, Artie, you better be careful. Oh, you better so- watch your back, Mr. Lang. It was, it was crazy. What? That he was so close to coming on. Do you blame yourself? I don't blame myself. Why not? Yeah, he he was supposed to come on, and then it just didn't happen. He kept blowing it and backpedaling. You see, I think that's the difference between Jewish guilt and Catholic guilt. You don't blame yourself for anything. I blame myself for everything. You don't blame yourself for anything. And by the way, I'm not going to stalk Artie with a gun. Yeah. I'm going to find him and try to get him to be on the show. That was a dumb joke. Okay, wait, wait, but... I think I blame myself for things. I think I have a tremendous amount of uh, shame. Shame is different than self-blame. You should be ashamed of yourself, but you should also blame yourself for stuff. You don't blame yourself. You should have guilt, but not shame. Yeah, I I have both. I know. You have shame, but no guilt. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have guilt. What's the difference? Do you know what the difference is? I have no idea. Do you really not? No. Shame is when you think you're a piece of shit. Guilt right. is when you think you've done shitty things. I have both. Yeah. No, the I idea have is when somebody gets into recovery, they have a tremendous amount of shame. And then as they get sober, they start to love themselves and they're like, oh, I have guilt. And then you're like, I did some shitty things, but I'm not a shitty person. And then it's like you can atone for those things by living right making amends if you do 12-step stuff, and then the guilt goes away. Do you think you have more guilt or shame? Or neither? I got both. I think I have neither, it turns out. Now that you've defined it, I don't think I have either. You have neither? Neither. Neither. None. Let's see. I feel guilty about Carnif. I feel shameful about what I said about Artie. And I feel both about my encounter with Fred Armisen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, so now my my next famous person story is on the heels of this Artie Lang obsession story. I was walking home and uh, where Artie performs at the Comedy Cellar is very much on my route. 
and they were it was like they were shooting that show crashing and it was the it was huge production it was hbo production like you watch crashing it doesn't feel like it's a big show but when you see the way they make it it's like 300 people a million lights a million trucks cameras all this stuff you know it's like blocks and blocks are shut down and i get over there and i'm like maybe Artie's here but i knew Artie was at the uh at uh, the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut, because I pay such close attention to his Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so he wasn't there, but I'm watching and I see Pete Holmes, and then I'm kind of walking up the street and I walk right past fucking uh, Tracy uh, Morgan. Oh, yeah. Did you talk like, to him? I said, hey, Tracy Morgan. He, he didn't even look at me. He kept his eyes down. <laughs> and then and then like four and then four other guys goes, Yo, Tracy, how you be? And Tracy didn't even lick his eyes up. He just kept his eyes down. He's like, I don't fuck with these people. He's like, fuck that shit. You know, and, and like, it just stank of weed on that street. Like, the kill. You know what I mean? It really stank of bud. What is on the kill? Like, really good bud. Oh. Like, really delicious bud. And, um, and I was walking home. I walked the same route today. Yeah. And it stunk of weed on the same block. And I had this feeling for a second, like I was so tired and I knew I was about to take the train and I knew we were about to do dopey, you know, hours later. And I was thinking I was, I was, I was kind of fantasizing about smoking weed for a second. And you know what the thought I had was, I had the thought of like the idea of a fish when a fish gets put back in water. Like that if I got to get high, I would feel so natural. I would be like, oh, yeah, I feel like I feel like myself again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I had th- that thought for a second. It was very weird. And I, and maybe I would have felt like that for a second. But I know that if I if I uh, if I smoke pot, I'd feel like that for a second. And then I'd feel really, really confused because yeah. I'm so stoned. I haven't gotten stoned in so long. So, did you smoke that shatter shit? Oh yeah, tons of it. You did. That was around when you when you were done. Yeah. What is it? It's just is it like super strong? Yeah, it's very very strong. It's like um, that's all you see on Instagram is people smoking that stuff. Where do you see that on Instagram? I subscribe to If You High, which isn't even about getting high, but I I, I subscribe to a few different drug sites of. I subscribe to a shooting dope in the neck site and a couple. No, of, If You High is like pictures of like waves and fucking clouds and shit. It's cool. Before I um, before I got sober. Um, I was dating this woman who was a, a weed dealer and she would bring all of this bud back from Colorado and she would bring uh, a lot of shattered and she would bring a lot of uh, weed vape stuff. And, um, and I would sell shattered to the guys at work. And one day after work, this guy, this guy was like, do you want to come to my apartment? And I was like, okay. And I, lo- I love this kid. You know what I mean? He's a Lower East Side guy. He's like uh, just a classic Dominican. Like uh, he's born in America, but Dominican guy. He like he's an athlete. He like as soon as it gets warm, he's playing basketball. Like he rides a skateboard. He could do a wheelie on a bike for five blocks straight. He's just yeah. one of those kinds of guys. Like in good shape. And he's like he's like yo Dave, why don't you come over and we'll get high? You know. And, and this is when I was still using. And I was like, all right. So uh, I went over to his house and he lived in this beautiful building. He had like gotten on a list and like he won a lottery to get a really cheap but beautiful apartment. And he's like, he's like, you ever do dabs? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, you smoke shatter, right? 
And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, you ever the same thing? What's the difference? I'm not exactly sure, but I think the difference is when you use a blowtorch yeah. and you have a certain kind of attachment for the bond. It's okay. a dab attachment. For, I think I, I'm not an expert. I only did it the, the one couple, a couple times or whatever. Yeah. So I go to his house and, uh, and we're taking these dab hits off of his bong, a big glass bong with this ridiculous attachment and the blowtorch, you know, the whole thing. And I got so high, you know, just from that. I was like, I got to go. And I left his house and I was walking home and I was standing like at the front of the Williamsburg Bridge. And I, I just totally felt like I was tripping. Yeah. Like I was like out of my mind high. It was like, and I smoked weed every day, but like dabbing the fucking shattered. It was like, I don't know. It was different. It was incredibly intense. I always wonder what that is. So it's like one hit is like 20 million things, huh? Probably. It was very... And, and then, so for my third celebrity story, oh, it was the third one. Yes, I was. Um, I was at work. Oh, it's actually four celebrity stories. Mm. Um, I was at work, and someone was like, "Do you want to take care of Kate Hudson?" And I was like, "Yes, I do want to take care of Kate Hudson." You know, Kate Hudson. She's an actress, right? Yeah, she's a very famous movie star. What was she she's in? Gold, Goldie Hawn's daughter. She was in Almost Famous. She was in a million movies. Okay. Um, but she was married to Chris Robinson, who was the lead singer of The Black Crows, who was a heroin addict. Yeah. And he's one of my dopey dream guests, is Chris Robinson. So all I'm thinking is, I'm going to wait on her, and I'm going to somehow give her the dopey card. So she, I'd be like, could you give this to your ex-husband? <laughs> and she's at the table with her her new boyfriend and her son in the relationship with Chris Robinson. Yeah. So I'm just like, could you give this to your heroin addict ex-husband who's this kid's dad? <laughs> but, I, yeah. but I wound up not waiting on her. Yeah. Uh, and, but, and she was very pregnant and stuff. And I, I, I just was, I just couldn't get that freight. Could you give this to Chris? You yeah. know, oh, but I didn't do it. And then who's and the then, fourth one? Then the next day I'm working and, uh, and the guy's like, do you want to take care of Reverend Run from Run DMC? And I'm like, yes, I do. And uh, and I run to the back, and it's Run from Run DMC. And I'm like, you know, I'm in awe of him. They ordered four hot dogs. I wasn't that cool. He didn't like me. I gave him the dopey card. I said, uh, is there any – because he like – he's a, a reverend. And, you know, and he, I think, had a Coke issue. And I know his brother, Russell Simmons, had a big Coke issue. And I wanted him to come on the show. And he said he wouldn't come on the show. He said no? He said no. He said he's in retirement. He's not interested. But I did get him to do this. Yo, what up? This is Rev Run. You're listening to Dopey. <laughs> what up? This is Rev Run. Yo, what up? This is Rev Run. Listening to Dopey. You gotta get why you you had to get one for all of these. These stories would be so much better if you had a little recording for each one. From now on, I'll do it for each one. That you would be it. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Those are my those are my stories. And let's wrap up with that. We're good. We're at an hour. This story is the worst. I feel this like show is. I, well, is it's, it's one in the morning. I kept getting interrupted with my job. And I'm, I'm did sorry. I tell I'm, you? I did I tell you I planted a garden. You did. Yeah. Do, do you know what's in my garden? Uh, parsley. Nope. Um, radishes. Nope. Tomatoes. Yes. Carrots. Three, Car four kinds of tomatoes. Carrots. 
Ugly tomatoes, heirloom? cherry tomatoes, heirloom? beef steak tomatoes. That's only three to- types of tomatoes. Yeah, only there's only really three types of tomatoes. <laughs> Carrots? No. Are you just tomatoes in your garden? <laughs> I would say I had a garden tomato, a tomato garden if it was just tomatoes. Keep going. Uh, uh, that's all the vegetables I know. Zucchini? Yes. There's not zucchini in there. There is. I've got four zucchini plants. Mm. What types of zucchini plants? Just the green zucchini. You know squash. when I worked at Mountainside in the kitchen, I had I was on veggie prep for the salad stuff, and I was such an idiot. Like I had to chop up cucumbers to put out, you know, like just raw cucumbers for people's salads, and I chopped up uh, zucchinis. Well, stay strong, Dopey Nation. <laughs> yeah, <we'll> stay strong. <laughs> uh, drop us a review on iTunes. Like, oh, us, let's just um, do a let's do a. Do you, what about a, an, an email or oh, anything? Oh yeah, and they they re um, defined or whatever the way that they do the reviews, where you don't have to scroll through them anymore. They just do the most recent ones first. Okay, review of the week. Reviews yes. are good. We're four hundred and twelve reviews. I like that. It's robust. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Hands down the best podcast out there related or pertaining to addiction. Listen to a lot of them, and Dave and Chris takes the cake by a landslide. Keep up the banter, fellas. Keep up the banter, fellas. Yeah, right on, right? Yeah. Right on. Uh, read, the, read the Augusta Gracchus. Oh, Philip SMI. He's written a few of them. Yes. I tried writing a much more extensive review about a month ago, but for some reason... Either iTunes hates me or I'm electronically illiterate, probably the latter. It didn't get uploaded. So here's my shortened second attempt. This is an awesome podcast. Dave and Chris are thoroughly entertaining. Their chemistry is so good. I come away from every episode with a smile. If you're interested in drugs and or recovery and everything that revolves around the two, you won't be disappointed. I won't. And then Augusta Grax. I love the show and I love the banter between Chris and Dave. I enjoy that the show isn't overproduced or too linear. It would lose its authenticity otherwise. I listen to the podcast every morning on my way to the methadone clinic. I haven't used a needle in over six months. I'm eager to taper and move on with my life, though. Thanks for keeping me company on my 45-minute commute. Keep doing what you do. Augusta Grace. You know what's fucked up? Hmm. My commute is twice as long as Augusta's. Twice as long. And you don't even get methadone when you're done. I was on that methadone for so long, man. All right, let's wrap this up. It's one in the morning. I got to get up early and work. What do you have to do to work? I got to go to breakfast and stuff. Okay. I guess I'm a sober mannequin. You're a sober mannequin? (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I'm just like a mannequin. You know, I just like stand around, but I'm sober. You're a sober mannequin. Yeah. Um, what do you have to say to Carneef before this is over? You think he's still listening? Carneef, I'm sorry. We'll try to tailor the show to meet your needs. Really? That's your plan for Carneef? <laughs> yeah. All right. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Indeed. Fucking. Wait, hold on. Before we, before we say toodles, let's just thank everybody for listening. We know that the show has become a little bit insular. It's become a little bit of like this into a corner. You know, and we're going to get back to the broad highways next weekend. Broad highway. We're doing it in person. We've had to do the last couple over Skype. I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't need to apologize. Stay strong, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Keep your fucking heads up. Oh, yeah. Whoever's still listening, if you're on Twitter, I want you to tweet 
at Artie Quitter, A-R-T-I-E-Q-U-I-T-T-E-R. What the fuck, Art? You said you were going to come on Dopey. Consider it community service. That would really mean a lot to me. Right on, Dopey Nation. Please do that. It'll make Dave's day. And toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. Shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. Busted city far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds. Because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be good so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had